<clears throat> so how was everyone's week? Is everyone is anyone else uh, running a novel this month? <laughs> I'm not. Um, but I'm it's do that someday. Sucking. So I've gotten like, you know, four paragraphs instead of twenty pages, which I'm supposed to have about your projection. I I did actually start uh, blogging again a couple weeks ago, and I've been keeping up uh, at least a post a day. And like I think I last I checked I what had a queue of five. Whatever the crap I want. Usually it's at least two paragraphs, maybe a more. Right now I've been recounting the history of my increasingly misnamed and possibly soon to end D D campaign uh, before I forget everything that's ever happened. And I'm almost finished with the first year. Uh, I restarted my blag because I wanted to post a review of Merck's. <laughs> and, yeah. You're like, this great. Yeah, I'm, I'm painting things again. But yeah. I'm, I'm not an Enarima main. Is, is your review of Mercs? The second edition of this game is going to be great. No. <laughs> the third edition of this that. game is going to be great. I'm not doing that Remo because I've realized very quickly that it was a bad decision to be writing, applicate, doing graduate applications. Yeah. And yeah. Well, you could have your own Rymo at some other point. Of I gotta do it in uh, Deco Rymo. You write ten books in the last month of the year. I'm doing it in March. I'm gonna Personal novel that. writing. Pen o Rymo. The pen is mightier than the sword. Oh. But um, yeah, a lot of other things have fallen by the wayside because, like blogging. Like I tweet, but I did not blog anymore. Hardly. Just because. If I'm going to write words and not, like, use my thumbs on my phone to do it, <laughs> I'm going to be writing a novel. I don't know how much attention novel, you really. pay, but I've been doing my damnedest to when I tweet. It, unless it's only, like, a really short thing. If it, if it gets close to 140, I try and get it to exactly 140. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, it's interesting because Twitter, it, Twitter doesn't give you a way to see somebody else's averages or their character counts. So, while I'm sure that's a wonderful, entertaining thing for you to do for yourself, there's no reason that any of us would. Yeah. Do you ever try to make them recursive? Like, what? this tweet is attaining exactly, you know, like, 140, not 140, well, like, this tweet contains exactly 17 syllables. Uh, that is not a good oh. example, because that sentence isn't oh. true. But, like... My, I, for a while when I when I used Twitter, I tried to make every tweet like something like that, where I would have hmm. to try to make it increasingly recursive, and then it just took too much energy, and now I just don't fucking use Twitter. No, I usually only use Twitter when either I'm really pissed off or I have what I think is a cool idea. <coughs> I got a Twitter account once back when Twitter came out, and mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell would I ever want this? And then stopped having that. I had to get a Twitter account for a class. You had to? Yes. Was it a class on social media? It was not. What then why the hell did you It was World Regions. Oh. Was because that that professor who wears plaid and avenges or something? Yeah, and yeah. hits on undergraduate students drunk at Christmas parties. With yeah, his wife around. Too. Hmm? With his wife With his around. Wife so it was okay, apparently. Oh. <laughs> you know, Mary well, it was in say. character, so that's fine. Mm. <laughs> Oh, okay. Did he come to the Christmas party as the Vlad Adventure? No. <laughs> I, I, actually, I, I guess Dave it. is probably the only one who really if gets that. If it's character, it's not cheating? Yes. Thank you, what? Okay, so, so they, they did a thing on, on, on uh, like, talking about LARPing, and they oh, were... Walking the Walking Eye uh, yeah. a long time ago. Are you uh, kidding me? 
What? Is it is this gonna is this story gonna be the story I think it's gonna be? We discussed this last time. Oh, we didn't discuss that part of the yeah. particular demo. Yeah. Um, I wasn't here last time. So so basically the, the upshot you, is you did not get murdered by ghosts. Depending on a couple's relationship, it may or may not be considered kosher that if it's in character, it's not cheating. <laughs> I feel like there are only so many things you can do with your genitals that stop being LARPing. You know? <laughs> what if you're role-playing having sex? <laughs> yeah, that's already a thing. Like, it's called role-playing. It's role play. when, when you're LARPing. <laughs> yeah, but it's your character <laughs> having sex, not you. Sex. Exactly. I guess, like... <laughs> uh, evidently, the other thing she, that she like, mentioned I was I seduced that... the barmaid, and the DM's like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so much more horrible than D&D. <laughs> Usually we will veil that because there's really just no point in talking it out. But really, because the amount of male on male hitting on that we've had in our campaign has been pretty intense. It's what? true, but you also have a couple of people here that yeah are very comfortable playing female characters. I guess my point is, is I'm like not a prude about things. I just think it's that's, like there are certain there's a certain point in which that's you can't not, argue that that's you not larping. That's cheating. In, in LARPing, there's also a uh, rules about touching. Yeah. Like, Good. if you get permission to touch someone. Permission for life contact. Yes, yes. The, the, <laughs> there, there is protocols. Permission and denied. <laughs> I guess if you were a good LARPer, I could buy the argument that it wasn't cheap. Well, here's the thing. No. I could. No. If you were very well, good. But, but, I mean, some of it. I think the sexual tension in LARP is one of the big payoffs for a lot of LARPers. Yeah. And, I, I, and, and as long as it's purely in the realm of fantasy, and as long as if, if someone's significant other has is aware that it's going on and doesn't have a problem with it as long as it doesn't mm-hmm. proceed past a certain point. Well, I, that's I the only problem with it. That's the only question is whether or not the, the partner... Uh, but then it's not... That is a question for, like, yeah. three people who might not have uh, exactly best. coinciding Venn diagrams yeah. of what the and, answer is. And who are likely to have not very good communication and social skills because they're LARPers. Uh... But then, but of they course, communicate as long as they were in character. You know, he was also talking about um, back here by the door, uh, like someone who basically got their character killed because their character was in a relationship with their ex-boyfriend, and she broke up, and then, but didn't have a good excuse for her character to break up with her boyfriend's character. So, so here uh, at this point, <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to say that anyone who is thoroughly interested in this. You go find The Walking Eye yeah, it's, and go listen to Jen's LARP experience because it is an outstanding episode. Probably runs about an hour and a half. I think that's about right. I think it was, wasn't quite that long. And thoroughly entertaining. It, it was. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with everything she said. She was definitely a bit sensationalist. but um, Well, but she also had the... Uh, Des Moines yeah. LARP experience, and I'm sure that well, and like I'm any just, other like any other franchise, it's going to be different no matter where you go. Things also have gotten a lot more involved than when I was playing like 18 years ago. So what's the craziest? <laughs> than, <laughs> than they were yeah. five years ago. I mean, like, what's the craziest shit that you ever experienced doing LARP? Um, Since we're getting you on tape now, we might as well. <laughs> is this on tape? Of course. Well then, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, we're turning it off. Don't even worry about it. No, I mean, there, there were some some crazy shit uh, that happened for sure. Uh, there was there is some definitely some illegal stuff that I knew about and I didn't report to anybody. 
And like like drug use or that's pretty standard. Murder, uh, several things. No, no murder. Okay. But, uh, I, I, okay, I'm, we're good. Again, we're... I'm not going to go into details yeah, yeah, on tape. Um, you know, there there was a yeah. lot of weird triangles, both in and out of character. Um, I. I wasn't really, really deeply invested in, in it as some other people. So, you know, I kind of heard about some of the drama secondhand, but um, there was there was definitely some fucked up shit. Here's a question. <clears throat> so, sex in roleplay in general, like. Yeah, I mean, some people are just like, no, it's not a place that I ever want to go. And it's interesting because for me, I like it, but I don't like it because it's titillating or because it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like, I don't like it for the sexual rush. Or if if I did, I mean, I'm straight. I, I would I would have a hard time role playing situations where I'm, you know, hitting on a man. Mm-hmm. But I do that all the time. So. I think it's, I think, I think it's, it's, what, what is it that, I mean, like, since none of us here seem to be pretty, seem to be that uncomfortable with it, is it just because it makes good story? It's just like, it's a thing people do. Yes, I think it's a a thing that people do, and therefore to ignore it entirely is to ignore a part of what naturally might happen in a story. Yeah, because reproduction is like, you know, if you're going to sit, stand back and look at this evolutionarily, it's like the fucking purpose of our existence and that it it's a huge factor in people's lives whether or not they're sexually active in a relationship or even the lack of it is is can be really significant if you're dealing with someone who's essentially asexual and you can't in order to be authentic to a character i feel like you can't leave out the fact that sexuality is going to be a feature of their lives it's like it's, it's it's like part of the human experience. I mean, yeah, it's like it's food. not a good story food. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you could have. I, I, it's funny because I think a lot of like, I mean, part of the problem is I think in a lot of a lot of the, a lot of this sort of things about sex and traditional role playing comes from the fact that a there's no there's there's nothing mechanically for it. It's just. Whoa, 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 no. Let me tell you a story. Oh, Fatal has. Let me tell Fatal you a story. Fatal has good rules for sex. I no, ran a and d campaign, 4th <laughs> edition. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> Billy, I don't know if any of you, I mean, I know some of you. <laughs> no, all right. So some of you know Billy. They're dailies, But actually. he was playing a character who had to, who switched between They're being half-elf and being bladeling, because he had a curse. Whenever he turned, rolled a one, naturally, he became a bladeling. Whenever he rolled a net 20, he became a half-elf. Is this going to turn into a vagina dentata joke? No, because he was male. Okay. However, he was having sex with a bog hag, and I did make him have se- uh, make a have sex with the bog hag roll, <laughs> just to see whether or not his penis suddenly sprouted huge spikes and eviscerated her. It didn't. But I just wanted to point out mechanical things with sex. It's a little easier in fourth edition because there's a you know they, they they take a little more modern approach to skill challenges and they like <laughs> one 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 thing that dungeoneering kind of, <laughs> acrobatics I, one thing that kind of bothers me about the whole topic is something that is prevalent with our our movie rating system 
which is you can have any almost any amount of violence, blood, gore, death, uh, but you know a little so teensy bit of sex, titty, and yeah. suddenly the the rating goes way up. Um, and I mean, part of that is that America is at its root has a pretty puritanical history. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Puritans were pretty chill about sex. As long as it was in context of a marriage. Like, they were all about sex all the time. Bundling. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, oh, you don't know about bundling. Have you ever uh, seen that commercial where, like, the man and the woman... No, like, no, 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 Bundling was, um, when uh, a girl was, was, was coming into her, uh, to, uh, of age when she should be considering marriage often, um, the, uh, and, and there was a compatible match for her, at least according to their parents' view, mm-hmm. the, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the, uh, the, the two parents would, would have a, a party, and they would get, everyone would get together, and the two would be sent up and sort of shoved into bed together, basically, naked. That, that is a it, very common practice among many cultures. If the, if, if the girl became pregnant in a moment, then that was an opportunity for her to get married. <laughs> and you were... Within a, a marriage, married couples were, you know, like, expected to, to have sex, you know, in a very... You think of Puritans as, as eschewing all, all pleasure and stuff like that, but sex was supposed to be the height of your experience, and it was also supposed to be the height of your connection with Jesus. And so you were supposed to think of Jesus as being... Present. Present and part of your oh, sexual experience. Oh, and that's how you make sure it doesn't end too fast. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> like baseball. Yeah. Well, that's why you say, okay. you're okay. supposed to be oh, having a threesome. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. So you're <laughs> oh, Holy Spirit! <laughs> Yeah. Encouraged you to think of yourself as having a threesome with Jesus every time you went into it, and that was just, you know. <laughs> I wonder if Jesus saying. shaves his balls. <laughs> and now that's recorded. <laughs> I, I don't think that practice was common that far long ago. Yeah, they didn't even like shave their beards. I'm just saying, like, if, if I'm gonna have another man, have you ever watched me, the Discovery Channel? Like, I want to do you a little bit fast. Have you ever seen a pubic beard? All I can think of is Harold <laughs> and Kumore. All oh, that great. Harold it's like Kumar. Osama bin Laden down there. <laughs> oh boy. They were right at a bottomless party. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I can I can already tell that Monster Hearts is gonna be very exciting. <laughs> Oh, boy. I just can't wait to play something. Honestly, I love DM. I love MC for you guys, but just it's it's. I'm now playing in two campaigns a week, which is like the most I've ever done, of course. And uh, it's cool. It's really cool to like actually be able to play. But that's all gonna go on hiatus next spring uh, when key players go out of town. So I'm gonna be like. Oh, it's one piece going on hiatus too. I would assume I so. Would. If yeah. two of the players are gone, yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, <clears throat> it could be the the the, <coughs> the adventures of Bison and Ophelia. <laughs> Blake would never yeah, you guys DM us. Like a little Gaiden arc. Who who else? We, is go, we go to we go to side arc. Like Kevin Laura. We go to, oh, they're both in the one. We go on a side arc. Ophelia's. New baby is old enough to huh? himself or replaced with someone else. That's what I asked. <laughs> and Kevin and Laura. Okay. That's I'm the only. Not even good enough to be adopted. As far as I know. I thought Will was oh, leaving I'm at sure some point too. 
Um, in the at the end of the spring. The end of okay, the spring, yeah. Which means and we may be coming back. Beginning of fall. Man, everybody is going away. Maybe we're not again to the tech program. Yeah, I mean we're not going to be gone long. Well, I guess you will know well before you'd have to leave whether yeah. or not you got back into school yeah. here. And we got a good shot of getting back into the school. And I think I have a really good shot of getting into that program. Yeah. I think I have like the shot. Yeah. So we're more than likely going to be back here. <laughs> Well, that'd be cool, certainly. Uh, that's that is one hundred percent what I want. Duncan, however, you and Wendy will also be leaving. Is that the the, the rule? I hope to. It kind of revolves around my grade and applied fluid mechanics, <coughs> which is a hellish nightmare for us. Sounds like it. Are those the M&Ms from last time? They are. Are those peanut M&Ms? Yeah, they are. I'm sorry. These, these okay. are the, the... I knew you weren't going to be there, so... But I, I well, managed to only eat like a small handful of them in the intervening week. I'm just sad because I thought it was tzatziki sauce, and then it wasn't. I know. I was like actually kind of... Because I'd forgotten there were M&Ms, I was kind of excited that there might be tzatziki sauce. Well, I have some yogurt that is not... So you yeah, have cucumbers? Nope. Oh. What's to sauce? It's you take cucumbers like, chopped up in yogurt. Yeah, you basically. take like Greek yogurt oh, okay. and vinegar and onions and cucumbers and you kind of like chop everything up and then you mix it with the and yogurt. I it's amazing. Don't think this yogurt would be very good because it's honey yogurt. Oh, no. If it's not plain yeah. yogurt. Yeah. And then um, um, raita is the Indian version of it, mm-hmm. which is also delicious. But it has no onion. It's a lot cooler on the palate, I think. Mm-hmm. Tzatziki has a little bit because the onion has a little bit of bite. Yeah, it has more vin- it has vinegar. Oh, really? They put yeah. vinegar in it. A little bit. Sense too. Some put a lot in it. Uh, well, it's, a, it's a garnet. I mean, it's a, it's a condiment. <laughs> yeah. of the vinegar. But I, I mean, I like I it. Like it. In, For in those mass. listening, all the slapping is the fruit fly infestation. And there are a lot of them in here. It's pretty remarkable. Well, it'd be like living after the apocalypse where there's just flies everywhere <laughs> in a swamp. Eyeless flies with worms living in them. Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't know the flies are at the, the, uh, the, the adult, adult stage of the worms. Nah, I like this story better. <laughs> it's funny, like, they Fly worms. They're infected with their own parasitic young. <laughs> well, yeah, I they lay eggs in, their, in themselves. There was, I was reading about a endovirus a satellite virus and an endovirus and a megavirus and a bacterium and a paramecium in the gut of a fl- of a fly whose larvae that real the real the real insider yes <laughs> that infests a flea which infests is it a cow I remember it was a cow or something like that but I just liked that there was a virus and a virus and there was a viroid and a virus the, uh, and a virus farm, and a bacterium and a paramecium Infests yeah. America. Mm. <laughs> I'll tell you something, knowing science makes that poem go, or that, that nursery rhyme go way longer. Yeah. There's no one who swallowed a single celled organism <laughs> every day, many, many times. What we rhymes all with single celled organism? All the time. Single celled organism. <laughs> Uh, Fun fact. A Hammond organism. I was enjoying this at work today. You know how, like, angels are the doctor class, and I found out today that the doctor I work for, her name means angel in Farsi. Whoa. Conducting a back to control, and then I got psyched for this game all over. Did you tell her that? No, I did not. She would have <laughs> thought I was nuts. Did you know that NASA is talking about putting a permanent station at the moon L2 point? 
really? on the dark side of the moon floating out in space. Just because they can. I didn't think they had that much money. Um, here's a, here's a little secret. Um, and I've been talking because we actually have a lot of contracts with NASA at work. Um, now that SpaceX and Virgin Galactic are like operational, mm. NASA doesn't have to fly or rockets to low Earth orbit anymore. It's just not a thing they have to do. They can spend all of their money on like deep space exploration. Now. Real cool things. Yeah. Yeah, especially now that they don't have to spend all their money on space shuttles. <laughs> what I mean, what, what if I do with a space for like a couple decades? Yeah. It's like. Yeah. But no, we're talking about going back to the moon manned now. They're going to set up a permanent base and land people. And then, it could be cool. Isn't the L2 point. It's the one on the far side of the moon. The L1 they're, is on the near side, the, the L2 is on the far side, the L3 is on the opposite side of the Earth. Mm-hmm. And the L4 and 5 are 60 degrees out in the moon's orbit. Okay. The they're the Trojan points. Okay. I looked it up today because I was curious. <laughs> it's, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that uh, I mean, you all heard about uh, Planetron Alpha Centauri. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty awesome. We need to build a telescope just to take a picture. Because, duh. Yeah. Either that or we need to set. Actually, yeah. No, it not. would take a long time to get there with current technology, like hundreds of years. Not once we figure out these warp bubbles. You know, got to figure out the warp bubbles. I don't think go. it's possible. They well, think it it's is, possible. but you have to blow up the solar system. It's physically possible, no. not practically. All you need is the other way around. All you need is like two planets worth of exotic matter. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not the energy requirements because they're actually they actually figured out a way. Like, oh wait, if we just no, change the shape of it. What happens to everything else when you? When you thought that was it. That is part of it. Is like, part of it is what happens to what's in front of you when you go, and how do you yeah. stop? So that's one thing. The other thing, the, the energy requirement, they said, oh, it would require like, the entire galaxy worth of energy to, to do, but they said, oh, well, if you just deform the, the ring a little bit, it, it actually takes way less energy. Yeah, but only, only requires like a, a small red dwarf uh, star's worth of energy. Well, no, I, I think mm-hmm. it was, So we could go out and get Nemesis out in the ring of the solar system. Look, I mean, if we can figure out it, yeah. that it works in the first place, yeah. the then we can figure out how to make it more efficient for us. There's two problems. The first is the exotic matter. There's no proof that it actually exists. Well, the second problem is right. that as soon as you can go faster than life, you, light, you can violate causality. Regardless of how you're doing it. Why is it. that a problem? Why is everyone so violating causality. caught up on, Man, bio- federation. on causality? I'm... <clears throat> you know, it ruins science fiction. Once you realize the math behind it, like, science fiction is completely ruined. No, it's no, not. It's, no. We, science we fiction is built par- on the math behind it. We pick, change paradigms every, like, 80 years anyway. I mean, like... I, I, I feel like quantum physics itself, like the indeterminacy of particles itself, is wacky enough that uh, causality being messed up a little bit is the least of our worries. Well, I mean, it's already it, doing it all, all on its own all the time anyway. Well, say, say, you've, got, <clears throat> say you've got two ships, two Alcubierre ships, two, two Alcubierre warp drive ships, right? What so are they Alcubierre use Alcubierre ships? What? Alcubierre is the name of the guy who invented the war bubble. Okay. Oh. Well, in real life, not 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 yeah. what's his name from Star Trek. What? What's his name? Roddenberry. No, no, no. No, no in, in first contact. I can't remember it. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Um, Alcubierre is a is a Mexican physicist mm. who who discovered the war bubble technology potentially. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you have them in two 
moving frames. So you say take take them. They're orbiting planets around two stars that are sort of moving towards each other, just because stars have proper motion relative to each other. Um, and you start at the first star, and you zot across to the second star, transmit a message to the ship waiting at the second star as you're passing by, because you, you, we assume that you know your your motion in real space is is, is constant. So you're, you're in an inertial frame. You just, you know, you, you go to warp and then somehow come out of it at the other side. Transmit your message. He, in the moving reference frame, warps back. He gets there before you left. <laughs> Which means that he could, like, you know, blow you up and create a paradox. Yeah, but... I mean, I, is that actually going to be a problem for the universe if it happens, or will shit, something just happen that we can't predict? And will it actually even happen? Yeah, because, I mean, like, think about this. Uh, Back in Aristotelian times, okay, the there was a question of, okay, <clears throat> what happens if, uh, if regular matter were to interact with ether? Because ether is incorruptible, it can't be changed. It can only move in circles. So it would be paradoxical for to ever have an interaction with regular matter, but it has to have, have that for certain things to happen. So if I were to sub like to send something up and tap on the underside of a crystal sphere, would that annihilate the universe? Would it end up not being a problem because there weren't any fucking crystal spheres? Or well, ether or ether. spheres. And, and actually, <laughs> the I mean. problem here is that there just might Chris, not. Chris, ether yeah. is there might crystal, just not yeah. be any uh, any any exotic matter. Well, that there might, might be just not be. Causality. Or there might just not be the laws of physics that As you're using know. to create yeah. that paradox. Yeah. Because I, Einstein may not have been 100. percent I mean, um, he, I mean, we, we pretty much know he wasn't. A, a paradigm is it's a working, it's you know, it's a set of tools. What I like to say is that all the science up until now has been wrong, so I have to assume that all the science and that now, we believe yeah. now is also wrong. Yeah, it's it's called it's the pessimistic, pessimistic meta induction. Less less wrong than it has ever been before. I don't know that we can really make that claim. We actually huh? can't. We could just say it's more useful now. Because if, you, yeah, if you look at Einstein's conception is way closer, if you, if you like actually think conceptually, way closer to Newton's, I, I mean, uh, to Aristotle's than it is to Newton's. I, I'm still not, not sure going back how you figure that one ship could leave, could, could get there before the other one. It has to do with light cones. It actually has to do with um, the fact that space and time and, 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 and order of events are actually somewhat relative. Mm -hmm. um, think of, uh, to visualize this, think of, uh, think of yourself as just moving slowly up. So the future is up, okay? Sure. So you're moving straight up in your inertial reference frame, okay? Um, and light from you is moving out to the sides, say at a 45 degree angle, say that's the speed of light. So the distance that light travels, the, the distance between the, this vertical line and the, the you know, horizontally over to the, this, this 45 degree angle line is spatial distance, you know, that's light will have traveled that far, right? So the idea is that if you have two, two, two people in the same inertial reference frame but separated by space, mm -hmm. that, they're, that eventually their two light cones will intersect. Sure. Okay? And this is sort of flat, non-expanding space, so it's already not our universe, but it's close enough over, over short distances that it doesn't matter. And that's what's called a spatial-like separation. A time-like separation is two locations that are vertical from each other. That mm -hmm. is to say, I will get there. If I just sit where I am, I will get there. Or if I move a little bit, I will get there. I can get there. And then light-like separations are separations on that cone, so that I can send a message and hit that point in space-time, but I can't actually get there physically because I can't travel the speed of light. Hmm. 
the, so the, so the interesting thing is when you start dealing with moving reference frames, when you have another reference frame that's moving, it actually sort of tilts the cone. So it's, uh, at, if, if you're traveling very close to the speed of light, um, the, two, the two reference cones are, 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 are tilted, and there's a weird thing that happens where points in time, because it's tilted, points in time on your line are actually further back are earlier in his timeline than they are in yours, assuming you know you started from some sort of. It's it's really hard to explain. Well, and we don't actually that, know point, how it the would work. That the problem is the problem is that no. That, I mean, this is according to general relativity. The point right. is that neither of these is a privileged reference frame. So, like, is is he coming from somewhere? You know, it's it, it slightly in the future and, and intersecting your thing, or are you coming from somewhere slightly in his future and intersecting? It doesn't matter. You can sort of tilt this reference frame any way you like, um, as long as both those things are sort of moving up. Well, the problem is, so in my reference frame, I'm going to start at my at the base of my light code, and I'm going to move much faster than the speed of light. So I'm going to move basically horizontally over to him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to intersect him at some point way back here. Okay. However, in his reference frame, um, if he moves perpendicular to the speed of light, he's actually that we will tilt this whole thing to here. And he's actually moving, and he's going to hit me in the past. He's going to hit me in my past. So you can set up a close, what they call a closed time-like time -like loop, where information is transmitted, and then it comes back in time and hits you before you before you would have transmitted it in the first place. So it's, and that's fairly basic relativity right there. It's it's sort of weird to conceive, but it's it's the sort of the easiest way to to visualize it and. Now, there's a few things that they say. So one of the uh, things is the many universe principle. It doesn't matter because what you've done is you've just created a different Two reality. Possibilities where yeah, where one one in which the the information was received, one in which it was not. Um, or uh, realistically, like trillions and trillions of ones in which well, they're received uh, and which are. Oh, precisely, an infinite number of different possibilities based on the number of possible states. Yeah. So you basically fork off another timeline, but there were already an infinite number of timelines anyway, so it didn't matter. The um, the second possibility is that it just happens and things work themselves out somehow. There's, there are no paradoxes. Who cares? That information is somehow incorporated into the model. It was already there. It doesn't matter. The third possibility is that um, quantum fluctuations along that closed time-like loop build up to the point where they destroy anything. They destroy any other information along that loop. So it's impossible to actually transmit information. All that blue can happen, but no information can be conveyed along it. That would probably be very bad for the person trying to transmit the information. Probably. But would be consistent. That's one of those cosmic censorship principles, the idea that there's always an event horizon around a singularity. Which is actually physically not necessarily true. Yeah. But it could be that in dynamical systems, no system ever evolves to a point where the singularity is outside the event horizon. That sort of thing. Because otherwise, quantum fluctuations would throw it into a state where there would be one. I just, I have a problem with relativity simply because it means the universe is a much more boring place than it could be. <clears throat> um, I reject your reality and substitute my own. See, I don't think... <laughs> one of my favorite quotes. You know, I don't think the universe gives a fuck about paradoxes. I think paradoxes are only a problem for us because they, they are things that... We don't understand. We can't. Yeah, we, we haven't yet evolved on a scale that deals with them. You know, we, it's not a problem for. Or it's or, for our it's, brain. Or it's a malformed universe. statement. Like this, yeah. this sentence is a lie. That is, that is only a paradox because our 
our notions of recursion and, and allow, allow us to construct like, something right. that's... Be, there's no such thing as a paradox. In fact, yeah. it's very likely that there's no such thing as a paradox, and that it's all sort of built in one way or the other. How do you kill robots? <laughs> With lasers. Oh. Possibly missiles. Either that, or you just have them kill people until their <clears throat> kill counter runs down. Nice. <laughs> are all robots built like you started with a kill counter? Yes. The kill bots are. Yeah. It, it's a Futurama. Robots are all constructed with a preset kill, con- kill counter. Of zero. Yeah. Some of them. Well, depends on how advanced the robots are. Some of them are able to kill a human if, like. If it's a preservation of humankind or life yeah. in general. But only those with the rule zero. Still. Um. I don't know if any of you have read the extra uh, Foundation trilogy by Bryn Baron Benford. Uh, the what? Oh, somebody continued the. Uh, yeah, they they, they got permission. Yeah, they, they are the, the third one is the best one. Sadly, in holes, right? Yeah, and there's still more holes that need to be filled in. But the one of my you favorite Foundation of Foundations from that is they came up with an explanation for why there are no aliens in Asimov's universe. And that is, the robots realized that any aliens could potentially be a threat to humanity. And helped them all before the humans could get there. Yeah, they created, um, uh, what is it called? The self-duplicating machines. Uh, uh, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, nanites. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, but oh. nanites, but a specific type of, like, the great green nanites. The, uh, yeah. And, and basically sent them out to... Yeah, Newman machines. machines. Uh, <laughs> they, they sent them out to scour the galaxy with, like, sufficient, uh, like, destruct code so human humanity never even knew. I love like, that. <laughs> what so. a great idea. Nice. It's a good thing they're on our side. Mm-hmm. Until they're not. Oh. Well, well there, was, there was actually some of the older ones dealt with um, robots having trouble differentiating humans that had speciated uh, too much. I remember that. He actually um, does some really what? wonderful stories that are oh. that these, they're basically just ethical thought experiments. He's fantastic. Like in in like philosophy of technology and philosophy of science, you get to read Asimov because so much of it comes in and he brings up these really interesting points. So he has some serious flawed points too, but Oh he's well, he's coming from a very specific, very sort of logical mindset. He has a cer- certain view of what we can do with technology and science, and it's a little... Dated? No, it's not even dated, because it's it's actually very current in terms of what people feel like. If you look at like Stephen Hawking or something, mm-hmm. uh, it's just extremely optimistic uh, in a way where... It's like, okay, it could be the case that you're right, but it, it's not the kind of... We have no ability to know. It just would be logically impossible for us to ever figure out, you know? You know, that that's one I think... I never really thought about it. One of the things I really like about Asimov is his optimistic viewpoint. It's one of the things I really like mm-hmm. about David Brim, is he is one of the more optimistic sci-fi writers out there. Well, um, I, I don't mean in terms of, like, you know, what the human race can accomplish and stuff like that. I mean, like... From like a logical standpoint about what is knowable about progress and stuff like that. Well, no, I, I, I mean I, like I, having I, read his philosophy of science essay. Oh, uh, okay. This is like a different thing. I look it's something I like in his fiction. It's it's just like something I don't like when I'm reading his essays and I'm like, okay. But, but, I don't know, I, 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 a lot of essays, but you know, oh, like yeah. I would want to actually he, read those. He they're has, they're, they're really they're, good. Okay. He has books in all but one of the uh, major classifications in the Dewey Decimal System, yes, and really. he has an introduction. Which one is that? Um, is it language? I think it's in no, the. It's 
like three hundreds maybe. Which is like no, no, he's he's got a book in the. He has politics. I, I don't remember which one, but he has a, um, like an introduction to a book in that one. So every if you split the Dewey Decimal into ten sections, he's in, in all of them. Yeah. But there's one that he hasn't actually authored a book yet. Yeah, he's brilliant, and his works are worth reading, even in fields he has no business sticking his drum. You know. <laughs> I thought you used drunk instead of nose. I'm picturing this now, it's kind of gross. <laughs> I don't know what actually has them all. It's like, so I'm just... I dip my balls in. Well, I can spell that. No! <laughs> you can't. I, I have a board game that he helped make. What, what seriously? What's yeah. it called? Star Traders. Right. I've heard of that. It is, it is actually a pretty awesome game. But uh, Asimov helped Steve Jackson make a board game? Yes! And How I long thought, ago was this? It was pretty um, Older than I am? Yeah, that box oh, maybe. looks like it might be older than yours. So I was like, didn't Asimov die? He died while I was in high school, oh, which really? was a long time ago. Okay. But he died long enough, uh, recently enough that I remember being upset about I it. Thought, so I couldn't have really? been that young. Yeah. Well, I could have been pretty young, but not too young. I thought this Man, had a picture yeah. of him in it, but maybe it didn't. It doesn't actually have a copyright. When him and Douglas Adams both went, nice. that was just start reproducing. Oh, upsetting. Well, Adams was... No, oh, did they go around the same time? No. no. It was like Adams three or four years. He was 40, wasn't he? He was 35. Oh my he was God. younger he, than I am now. He did die when Jeez. I was in Wait, Douglas school. Adams was that young? Yeah, he was only 35. I thought he was an older guy. No. Oh, no, no. When he was died. the Hitchhiker's Guide written? 70s? Yeah. Uh, no, 80s. 80s. Seriously, okay. I always thought of I always thought of it as one of those sort of classic works of fiction. That <laughs> this is this is eighty seven, and there's the picture of Asimov and Steve Jackson. Asimov is the one with the awesome whiskers. Yes, <laughs> you have some tremendous. I whiskers. assumed that he was probably the one dressed nicer. Nope. <clears throat> nope. Oh wait. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I thought guy. you meant. I thought you meant. Oh. Is that like mutton chops he's got there? Yeah. He, no, he's, I see. I assume that was just like a scratch on the case. No. <laughs> well, I saw one ha one has a beard, you know? Interesting. Nice. I, like the Catholic Church, don't believe in science until it's useful. That's, as someone who's going into philosophy of science, that's a very good position to deal with if you're an engineer and if you're most people. I took a thermodynamics class a couple semesters ago, and the professor, when we got to entropy, was like, all right, everybody, I'm going to teach you entropy. And nobody better raise their hands and tell me entropy's dis been disproved. Because I don't care. It we works. use this to do things. When they come up with a better thing than entropy to model these things, I will teach that in this class. There, there's but a, for now, I'm teaching entropy. He looks like Jermaine. Jermaine? From Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't, not really familiar with Flight of the Concords. Oh. He's the guy who, who is business. So. Yeah. It's it's business time. Oh, it's I, I've business. I've heard that song on Blake's phone quite a bit, and very occasionally business hours are over. over. But baby. I don't so. think I've actually watched the video. Oh, it's good. It's business time. But yeah, the Star Traders game is great. But if if there is no possibility of going faster than the speed of light, that game is uh, total fail. 
In fact, there's not going to be any star trading uh, in time. Uh, it is Woo. the only dimensional holes. Well, you know, there's some bullshit that we yeah, can't. There's got to be some sort, but dimensional holes also, also violate causality. If yeah, you're just but- trading stars. <laughs> then you can use one star to power your. But then you like, don't have any stars when you travel. get there. No, you'll still have like one star left, and then you can trade. It's it. like, no, it's like shipping, uh, shipping gas. Or maybe it'll turn out that like charred stars are the thing everybody uses for their like hyperdimensional cookouts, <laughs> and so by the time you get there, you've got all these red dwarfs, and then they can throw another shrimp on the bar. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. Well, even if there's no, even if there's no FTL travel, you could still have um, generation ships and things like that. Actually, you could, but you're not going to uh, have. A f- but that'd be way more fun. You're not going to have effective interstellar trade. You all, um, you have interstellar trade and information. Like, assuming maybe there's a, we know now that there's one Earth-sized planet around Alpha Centauri B. Um, it's way in, it's in way too close of an orbit to 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 be supporting life. Oh yeah. Well, the presence of one suggests the presence of many, because that's just the way these things are. You never just find one small planet around a star, you find eight of them. So, I mean, if there's a habitable planet there and we can colonize it, yeah, we're never going to be able to send a, a large number of Earthlings there, but... Um, well, but we're also never going to send a small number of Earthlings there. You could trade scientific information back and forth, you could communicate, because it only take you four years, eight years to get a message around trip. That's not that long. Even even some of these stars that are, you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's seven, hundreds three and a half. Hundreds and hundreds of stars that are there that are within like thirty or forty light years of Earth. I mean, within a human's lifespan, you can get a message there and back. Especially if we yeah, could extend that, which I think we have more of a chance of that. Well, and if we can figure out a way to, uh, uh, I can't remember the technical name for it, but to to tie. Uh, to, to quantumly connect particles oh, together. Entanglement. Yeah, entanglement. That's, that's the word. You might be able to... And we can create an Ansible, and then we can violate no, causality all week. No, can't, actually, because quantum entanglement still can't transmit information faster than the speed of light. Yes, it can. No, it actually can't. They've, like, totally done studies on this, like, this year, finding so they can it, it's, violate it. It's... Is this the spooky action at a distance? It is yeah. the spooky action at a distance. I, I believe, I remember them saying that... The, you could verify a message at faster than the speed of light, but you could not actually transmit the information. The problem is you still have to exchange the photons. You just have to exchange the tangle particles, which means that they have to travel across the distance. You just what? need a way of maintaining the existence, because right now we don't have a way of entangling them and then keeping them in existence long enough to be viable. What if you just like well, calculate the probability that that information exists and then roll with it? <laughs> we're, we're actually, it's interesting. We're finding odd ways of getting around some things. They're like the, um, the whole momentum position invariance thing. Well, we now have weak measurement, or I think it's called that, where you you don't actually disturb the state of a particle by measuring enough of it that you get an idea of what it's what state it's in. <laughs> it doesn't completely overcome the uncertainty principle because waves spread out, but it's it's it, it gives you a, a much higher resolution than you theoretically should have been able to have by uh, by Heisenberg's logic. So it's good enough measurement. It's good enough, yeah. and really that's what but that's all, all, all measurement is in real life is yeah. just a you know a more solid example of it that you can't really like go. Like, 